This is a Kitty Pod production. This episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast is dedicated to the memory of Jimmy Hayes. Hayes was a player in the National Hockey League who played for a variety of teams in his career, notably his hometown club, the Boston Bruins. But most notably and recently, he was one of three hosts of an amazing ice hockey podcast called Missing Curfew. My condolences to Hayes' family, his friends, his teammates, and especially his co-hosts of that podcast, Shane O'Brien and Scotty Upshaw, and everybody at Hall Pass Media. Rest in peace, brother. You will be missed. Welcome to episode number 134 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, is always Jason Bullitt, and we've had to go back to the old school intro once again, as apart from the other obituary that I recorded off the top, I played you in to miss you by the Rolling Stones, and as I record this August 24th, 2021... Rock and roll fans the world over, specifically of the Rolling Stones, are mourning the passing of Charlie Watts, whom for many years was the drummer of that legendary rock and roll band. He passed away today, day of recording, at the age of 80. And I decided to play into Miss You, and I was a little conflicted. I don't know if I wanted to do Miss You or Fingerprint, fingerprint I almost said Fingernail Foul. Whoops, made me feel great, Emery Board, no. <laughs> Fingerprint File and Miss You were the two songs I was debating, like, what should I do for the intro? But I said, nah, Miss You better demonstrates Charlie Watts' drumming. So, rest in peace, Charlie. Rock on in the heavens, will you? What are we going to talk about in this episode? Well, summer for all intent and purposes over in 2021. Just in time for a big COVID Delta variant spike. Hopefully not. But um, in this episode, I'm going to tell you ways that you on the autism spectrum or maybe if you're not you can find out how to fill up that social calendar in the fall and do it safely now you'll be able to fill the time here once the fall season gets up and running we'll get into all that a bit later on but right now let's get to the social media you can follow this podcast at keep underscore podcast twitter generated that don't blame me i didn't pick it you can also follow this podcast on its own Facebook page. Just look for that there, and you'll get episodes on the social media once they become available. From the corrections slash I forgot what I was talking about the time department, there are two things I pointed out in listening to last week's episode. When I told the story of my first weeks on campus, I know that I had watched the 2001 Travers on TV. I had forgotten the name of the horse. Looking back now, I remember the horse's name was Point Given that won the Travers that year, 2001. And also, talking about my high school reunion, I mentioned that there was a parking garage on Caroline Street. I actually forgot there was no such thing. Closest you get is down the road at the Philo Street parking structure. I actually parked on the big multi-story parking garage on Woodlawn Avenue. 
So just a correction there. Sorry for the slip-ups. Part of my charm, isn't it? Well, I would think so. Back in the day, the following segment came a dime a dozen. Well, in the time of COVID-19, it's been very rare. So ladies and gentlemen, you're about to get a treat. As I am going to do the original intent of this segment almost three years ago. What am I talking about? You're about to find out as we bring you the first time in almost a year, another edition of Tales of Franklin Alley. As it's the summertime, I decided to throw on some Doobie Bros, a little yacht rock, if you will. And back this past Wednesday night, we got the gang back together for trivia, something we haven't done. And get this, over a year and a half. You buy that, you buy anything, my friend. Anywho's it. It was specialized trivia. What we did in the before time was like general knowledge, six rounds, ten questions apiece. Well, the same format, but a different theme, way different. And it was trivia surrounding the long-running Fox animated sitcom, The Simpsons. We got most of the band back together again from the before times. Uh, first up, and most notably, Aaron, her husband Derek, and their little girl Sophie made her first appearance at Franklin Alley. Great seeing her, you know, doing toddler things at that age. Bill showed up, and unfortunately, in the intervening months, years, whatever, he told me that he and his girlfriend Bridget had broken up. Sad to see that relationship come to a sudden end. Dan and his girlfriend Lauren, Jason and his girlfriend had more ink on her than an issue with the Albany Times Union, it seemed. It was great seeing the old gang back together again, our old nemesis, not Joe the bartender, but Joe the guy who hosted trivia. He didn't seem to notice us at all. This was outdoor trivia. If you only went indoors, it was to get drinks, order food like I did, and go use the facilities. One thing or like that, whereas before time, that place would be packed to the gunwales, let me tell you. So much so the Wi-Fi would start getting janky, but never mind that. It was a wonderful time. Saw Frank running around. No Heidi this time. Some new faces working at Franklin Alley. I didn't ask who they were. I thought I saw Nina there working bar, but hey, who is it? I ordered my food and I said, well, let's make it a special occasion. First time playing trivia in almost two years. Let's do it. So I ordered Luau Tots, which is tater tots garnished with pineapple and a chili lime sauce. It was so good, I wound up getting some of it on the left inside leg of my shorts i didn't know that till later on i got pre-treat this till i get home the tear tots were really good the chili lime sauce was not particularly spicy at best it left a two maybe a three alarm fire down in my gullet it wasn't that bad and to wash it all down i had gotten a beer from the bolton landing growing company called laid out l-e-i comma d out nice little summer brew there as for trivia, well, I think we had some rust to shake off, and having a specialty topic like The Simpsons really threw us for a loop. We started out of the gate slowly, and we never really recovered. We got a perfect score of 10 for the final round, but then again, so did other teams. And the winner was a team that was headed by the proprietor's brother, Rick. I hadn't seen him in a good long while, too. Collusion? Coincidence? You be the judge. But anyway... This has been Tales of Franklin Alley, 
outdoor trivia due to the COVID-19 pandemic edition. Alright folks, from that we've now made it to our main event of the evening or the afternoon or the morning or whatever it is you're listening to this fine podcast. And as I stay at the top of the show, the summer of 2021 for all intents and purposes is pretty much over. The kids are getting ready to head back to school pretty soon. In fact, I was on my way home from work this evening. I cut through the fine city of Cohoes, New York, and outside the middle school, there was one of these electronic boards that said, School resumes September 7th. Resistance is futile, like <laughs> Darth Vader. But we're not here to talk Star Wars. We're here to talk about the end of summer. And as somebody on the spectrum who just happens to be a social butterfly of sorts, this is a time of year that really bums me out. I've, especially after this summer with the reunion and all that, looking for that all summer, fighting the COVID Delta variant, making sure that wasn't going to mess things up having friends over the house for the first time ever on the 4th of July, you know, doing all that stuff. It can be a real challenge going into the back half of the year, starting in the fall. And now with this Delta variant, could scotch those plans as well. But take heart, fellow Aspergians and autistics, and even those of you on the NT side of things, a little stutter there, never mind. I'm here to help give you some tips, but I'm going to aim this primarily at the audience of those of you on the autism spectrum. I had to do me some research to give some tips, but I'm going to add my own little bit of life experience to all this to give you my side of the story, how I managed to cope. Back in the summer of 2009, I may have told this in an earlier episode, I joined Facebook and I was very happy to find out some of my other friends, you know, my older classmates from high school were on there too, and I was adding friends left and right. I was making connections with them once again. And what a magical second half of summer that was. Well, all seasons must end, and summer is no exception, and we're back to the non-summer routine. And there I was, like, what am I going to do? Well, I really had to get some advice here. My mom, God rest her soul, was very helpful with what to do in that regard. And what did I do? Well, I took a little uh, night school course in trying to be a better conversationalist, if there is such a term. Then wound up doing volleyball for a little while at the middle school. Adult volleyball, just so you know. No funny lines there. And I even went and volunteered at a local community theater group. So I got to meet some people there. Heck, I even did the 25th anniversary gale. I got to be uh, in the same room as Saratoga Springs native and Broadway and TV actor David Hyde Pierce. You may remember him as the guy who played Frazier's brother Niles on the sitcom Frazier. Well, if you're in a similar boat right now, well, I had to go over to the National Autism Society over in the UK, and they have some tips on how to make friends and whatnot if you're on the autism spectrum, especially if you're an adult. Well, here's what the NAS of the UK said, so planning and developing social interaction. It might be useful to plan in times where you can either meet existing friends and family or look to meet new people. You might want to use a timetable or a schedule for your week. Routines can provide reassurance and comfort, but can limit social interaction with other people. 
In order to overcome restrictive routines, which can be a challenge for us, that's my words, not theirs, you can plan to do either of the following. Gradually introduce change by identifying one new place to go every week. For example, a local shop, or what they call a store over there in the UK. Focus on places where it's possible to meet new people. In time, you may get to know people you see regularly. My example would be like a coffee shop or some such. And this is going to tie into my personal experience. I mentioned trivia earlier at Franklin Alley Social Club. And this happened about a month or so after the place opened. I did trivia on a regular basis. This was the before times and now times have changed in many aspects. We haven't done it as often. I mentioned that in Tales of Franklin Alley earlier in the show. Back to the NAS here. They say, practice a few bits of small talk, such as, how are you today? This may help to reduce your anxiety about making contact with people. I have some trouble with that, being on the spectrum. Even all these years later, at my advanced age. They also have something about managing anxiety. And they say it could limit your ability to socialize. If you experience extreme levels of anxiety in social, social situations, talk much. If you experience extreme levels of anxiety in social situations, it might be useful to talk about this with your doctor, your GP, I mean your regular doctor. A medical professional should be able to offer support and advice and may be able to signpost you towards support services. Signpost is British English for help you find the way. Also, qualified counselors can often offer information on techniques that may reduce anxiety and develop social skills. Sometimes advice can be provided by way of the phone or email or a home visit may be arranged. I'm not sure you want to do that in the days of COVID. This was written clearly in the before times. Now, to me, this is where the rubber meets the road, finding social groups. You may feel more motivated to join a social group where the members have similar interests to your own. Like meet up around here is a good idea. Or maybe Facebook groups in this case. Who knows? Maybe they do in-person stuff. Having common ground or something members enjoy talking about makes it easier to start and maintain a conversation. Find local support groups and projects aimed at autistic people. Sometime after my mom passed away, I wound up joining one of those groups. It's been very beneficial for me. I did just that. Search online for information about local activities, sports clubs, talks, or groups in your area. I mentioned volleyball earlier. That lasted a hot minute. Learn a new skill. This can often lead to making new friends. Your local college, well, this is the UK, so probably like I remember getting stuff from Shenandoah or when I lived in Saratoga Springs, Saratoga Springs City School District would offer such courses at night. I mentioned one of them earlier. They might be running adult education courses in things like art, cooking, IT, various subjects, exercise, you name it. And if you're in employment, that means if you're working, like I am, you may want to ask your boss or other members of your staff about after-work activities. Now, I faintly remember many years ago, I was living in Saratoga. I just started work at the my now former employers. And I remember seeing signs around the office about an after-work 
softball league that was going on. I live too far away for that, but if it was it was the case I lived close by, I would have done it, but I live too far away for that, so I was looking to stay closer to home for such things. Now, it's one thing when you want to socialize when you join a group, especially one in which you share a common interest. But there's always an underlying question, especially for those of us on the spectrum, are we really going to fit in? Well, let's go back to the NAS for a discussion here. First off is discuss taking part in a group or activity. Once you've found an activity that interests you, get in touch with the group leader, find out what the format for the activity is, and ask for further information, which is always a good idea. You may need to become a member of some social groups to attend meetings, which might mean having to pay a fee. I remember when I did volleyball that one year, I had to pay $5 in cash before the game started that night. I was always able to scare up the money, in case you're wondering. You should ask the organizer about this and find out whether you need to make a one-off payment or commit to a weekly, monthly, or annual fee. I had to do a weekly fee, $5 I already mentioned for the volleyball, whereas I had to pay a one-time thing for that class I also took. So... That kept me busy, at least for the fall. Now, there are two big things here, especially for those of us on the spectrum. Number one is wondering whether or not you should tell the person involved with leading this group or particular activity that you're on the spectrum. If you're attending a group that isn't specifically for autistic people, quote the NAS, it's up to you whether to tell people about your diagnosis. I didn't do that in any of the three activities I did. I mentioned up top. Giving people this information can give them a better understanding of your needs, and the group may be able to offer additional support. I didn't feel like I needed to tell them. So there you go. However, deciding to disclose, in quotes, is a big decision. Some autistic people have told us that, for them, disclosing left them vulnerable to bullying. If you're joining a group where you don't know anyone, you could try talking about this issue with your family or friends or with the person who's responsible for organizing the group and making sure it runs properly. And here's a big one right here. It says, is this the right group for me? To make sure the activity is right for you, you may try going along as an observer at first. So don't become a member. You just want to see what everything's like. If you feel you may need additional support to take part in the activity, ask a family member. Or ask if a family member, friend, or carer can come along or if the group could provide some extra support. Add the activity or group meeting to your calendar. Don't feel pressured to attend for the whole of the activity or meeting or to go on your own, especially at first. Over time, you can increase the length of time you stay, eventually aiming to attend the whole session without any additional support. So first off, they mean you can go for like a short amount of time. I ah, just get a feel of things, see how things run, whatnot. And then you may increase the additional stay and say, ah, you know what? I think I got a hang of this. I might want to officially become a member here. I really like what they're doing. So don't feel pressured to commit, at least at first anyway. As I mentioned up top, the article from which I quoted was likely written the before times. That's just my guess. In this era of COVID-19, especially with the Delta variant now, and I've mentioned that three times, sorry to bum you out, but it's true. A number of these groups that you might be willing to attend 
may not want to meet in person. They might want to do some, if not all, of their meetups and events and whatnot over Zoom. Go online for that. I'm a member of this French language group that has been doing their monthly meetings on Zoom for going on a year and a half now since the pandemic started. And we meet the second Saturday of every month, 10 o'clock local time. And I was looking to do my first in-person meetup with this group in over a year. And this is kind of a crazy story. I had taken the 15th and 16th of July off my work. The 16th was just going to, you know, let's have a bridge day here. We can come back on Monday. Now, the funny thing was I was looking to attend this picnic at this person's house. And then I found out that this was originally going to be the time when my dance companion's two granddaughters were going to come over and spend some time with us, go to this little animal park. That happened a week later because my dad had been in the hospital for stomach pains and he wound up, he was all right, everything was good. He wound up coming home, well, not home home, but back to my companion's place and they had to postpone everything. And I was originally not going to go because I was going to have lack of transportation on the day. They were originally going to take my car. But then, you know, things happened. Like I said, my dad was in the hospital. He had already recovered. And by that point, I had already told him, hey, I wasn't going to go for the original reason. So I wound up doing other things. Kind of bummed me out in that regard, but there you go. It is what it is. Now, when it comes to actually socializing, which is the groundwork of a number of these groups, as I mentioned before, the basis is to meet new people. Back to the National Autistic Society's website on all this. When meeting new people, it might be useful to have some prepared questions or introductions to start the conversation. I usually go where the winds take me on that whole deal. It's kind of difficult for something like that. <laughs> Examples of topics you might start a conversation with might include the weather, Television shows, they say programs, it is the UK after all, films and books, music, or whatever you did over the weekend. Or if you're introducing yourself, you know, what do you do for work, where do you live, ba-ba-ba-ba, all that stuff. Some people may enjoy these small talk topics, and to others, they may seem unnecessary or uninteresting. It all depends on each person and their interests. I bear with it as much as I can, personally. However, small talk can often progress into more in-depth convos and you may find you have things in common with the person you're talking to. These can be very revealing, as you can well understand. For instance, you may like the same TV show, book, film, or have similar taste in music. That can be real eye-opening. You can find common ground someplace. However, there are certain topics that are best to avoid, such as critical comments about a person's appearance. For example, saying you, you do not like their clothes. Money, asking somebody how much money they earn. I've been able to avoid that in my interactions. Politics, religion, those are two big ones. Even though it doesn't get mentioned. And of course, age. Kind of concerns me with the stage I am in my life. Now you're probably wondering, well, conversations don't go on forever. How would it end? Well, you they say watch out for signals that someone wants to cut off a conversation with you. These may include not asking questions back, 
looking around the room, or saying that they have something else to do. That second one usually happens with yours truly, trying to keep it going, but failing in that regard. If you're not sure whether they want to carry on with the topic, you could say, would you like me to tell you more, or would you like to talk about something else? Now, they also say recognizing how others are feeling, which can be a real blind spot with those of us on the spectrum. What is appropriate to say to a person will depend on how they're feeling about the subject. You may find it difficult to tell how someone else is feeling. They might not actually say how they feel, and you might find it difficult to read body language and facial expressions. Amen, brother. If you're not sure how someone's feeling, you can ask them how they feel. Just go ahead. Ask away. Sometimes people don't tell the truth because they want to make the other person happy or not cause offense. Some people call these little white lies. If someone's upset about something you've said or done in a conversation, it doesn't mean in any way that they don't like you. It usually helps to say sorry. If you're not sure why the person is all upset, you can go ahead and ask what's got their hackles all raised. And finally, they say, try not to be too hard on yourself. Remember that each person is different and that there's no right or wrong way to socialize. A lot of people, both on the spectrum and off the spectrum, find social situations difficult, particularly when talking about feelings. Amen, brother, to that as well. And finally, the NAS has a section on getting formal support when it comes to socializing or attempting to do same. You may need some additional support and help from outside of your family and friends to get involved in social activities. You can request more formal support through your local authority, or probably chapter of the Autism Society here in the States, and their social care team by requesting a community care assessment. I don't know how it would work here on this side of the pond, but certainly your local chapter of the Autism Society, if you live in an area that is served by the Autism Society, can certainly help in that regard. Now, I mentioned also that we're in a pandemic still, and you may want to do some socializing there. I don't know if it involves new friends, you can get involved there, but if you got old friends of yours, like I do, apps like Zoom, I mentioned earlier, Skype, and of course, I've done FaceTime during the pandemic with uh, friends of mine or regular basis. I've since stopped doing that. Or at least cut it down to the bare minimum. Last time I FaceTime Frank Sicari was when, about the time near when Otis the Wonder Dog was about to be put down. So there's apps you can use if social interaction right now just isn't your thing or you know you're immunocompromised or you don't really feel the least ways comfortable being out in the public right now, especially with this Delta variant going. That's four times now, idiot. Why are you going to not bring the mood down? All right, well, in case you're wondering, I'm done talking. I'm fluffing my way right through the end. And so I want to say I hope you found this segment helpful. As you wrap up the summer, get right into the fall of 2021 on the social front. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Let's call it a night. The party's over. And tomorrow starts the same old.
All right, folks, we hope you found that very informative. And we're going to go right to the pot shoutouts here. Kind of a light selection here. Both Greens from Allentown and GFA Live took the week off. So nothing from Peter Winston on that whole front. Steve Bennett, though, plowed ahead with the Sportscasters, the most recent episode. If you're a football fan, and who isn't, you certainly got your fill in this episode. Steve Bennett talked to Vic Carucci and Andrew Marchand. Looking at the NFL 2021, both on the field and from a media perspective as well. The Breaking Down Show, rather timely episodes given current events, what's going on with Afghanistan, the Taliban going in there and getting back to taking charge after U.S. troops have pulled out the, some would say, botch withdrawal. John Green talked about that, and Pete A. Turner, the host himself, added some few words of his own. We also, on a lighter note, heard from Sean Kanan, the star of the YouTube premium term Netflix series, Cobra Kai. And on the Loyal Littles podcast, we heard from Claudia Harbert, Sam Angel, and Lee Gordon. The Lee Gordon was a great episode. I got to talk to him during the virtual venue of Summer of Littles 3.1 earlier this month. So check those episodes out. As for this little dog and pony show, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the podcast you're choosing. And there's also my sister podcast, CR Crime, Tales of True Crime from New York's Capital Region. Hopefully I'll have a new episode before the holiday weekend, Labor Day that is. If your podcatcher of choice has rating and review capabilities, be a dear and give this podcast a five-star ring and a good write-up. It really helps us out, gets us out there. Thanks in advance. All right, folks, it's time for a rather timely one more thing. This is the last segment of the episode where I get to talk about something I did not get to talk about in the main show, or in this case, just ties in nicely like I did the last week or two, and that is the end of summer 2021. This is likely to drop before the Labor Day weekend, and I certainly hope it's a safe, and I mean safe, we got the COVID Delta variant running roughshod over everything. And what a summer that hit slightly differently then certainly last year. It was way better, that much I can tell you. I, was, I did have my Cooperstown road trip for the second year running, but I got to go to the track well, at least once. I may have another one in my belt by the time the next episode drops. Who knows? I got a Memorial Day picnic when it was really crappy out, not exactly cookout weather by any stretch of the imagination. But things got better as the summer rolled around, got to take a dip in the pool, no spack for your boy. Saratoga Performing Arts Center was only a place he went past. As close as he got was the Carista Pavilion at the Spa Park during his high school class's 20th reunion earlier this month. So it's great to see old friends again, some of whom I haven't seen in a good long while since we graduated high school. Now, I've already recapped this in episode 130. Uh, is it 133? Yeah, the last episode, yeah. The one that will have dropped last week. Come on, Boldy, in the show. Get, get your you-know-what together. Anyway, I talked about I was looking forward to seeing more people, but, you know, we're settled down now and having kids and this and that. Now you got the COVID Delta variant, as I've seemingly mentioned ad nauseum the last several weeks. So people weren't as uh, keen to come from far distances, and I was looking forward to seeing some more people. But we got great attendance. It was Great reconnecting with other people, even some that still live in the area. 
So all in all, I'm not going to go on too long here. Went over to at the track. But I really got to get out and visit my dad when he was visiting his companion in Massachusetts. And some great trips there. Going to Mount Greylock, Natural Bridge State Park. Going on the Mohawk Trail. That was fun. It's certainly a summer to remember. Well, goodbye summer 2021 and goodbye to you for another week or so as we steamroll into fall here on the Keep It To Yourself podcast. He said rather haltingly. Thanks as ever for listening. And instead of stealing all around my washout, I figured this was the only appropriate way to end the episode. The very last track of the very last studio album that the great Billy Joel ever produced. The album was called River Dreams. The song you hear underneath is Famous Last Words. And these are the last words I have to say for this episode. I say thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you next time, whatever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And have a safe and happy holiday weekend, too. Take care.